0: Oasis of Wisdom Bible Church The Church of Distinguished Generation Our hearts are hoping to receive from you Lord pour your servant to us in the name of Jesus thank you daddy for answer prayers for in Jesus mighty name we pray hallelujah glory to Jesus have your seat in his presence thank you for appearing again to learn at the feet of Christ. You will prosper by the wondrous things. You are going to behold and hold. In the word of God this morning. In the name of Jesus. Now still looking at federal leadership development mode. For the specific focus of today. We are going to consider transgenerational leadership shifts. Transgenerational leadership shift. Last week. We consider Pharaoh's questions to Father Jacob. That particular question, what is your age? Relevant to gleaning wisdom and experience from the old man. And his question to Jacob's sons, what is your occupation? Relevant to tapping their resourcefulness and knowing how to properly deploy their giftedness. From that same question, of, it is from that same question that we are going to learn a number of lessons today as we look at transgenerational leadership shift. The lessons we are going to learn include the indispensability of the elders. You know, Jacob was well advanced in age, yet Pharaoh tapped from is wisdom and experience so the elders are indispensable likewise as we consider transgenerational leadership shifts we're also going to learn the desirability of the youths so in that story we found the youths desirable because of their resourcefulness that was still green their resourcefulness that was still green from it uh, a king find them desirable and he utilised their potential. Yes, from the wisdom, aside well with the grey hair of the elderly, he makes sure that he tapped into the indispensability of that wisdom. Now, for what objective are we moving in that direction this morning? It's important that you get hold of that objective. For what objective are we moving in that direction this morning? We are moving in that direction this morning to particularly awaken the youths onto early consciousness and acceptance of their transgenerational leadership responsibility. There is the need for the youth to wake up early to the consciousness and the need for them to accept leadership as at when due so that there's not going to be a leadership gap or vacuum. So, in the same sense, the elders will also learn how to intentionally prepare the youth for leadership. How to intentionally prepare to transfer the batting. Hello. So that at old age they will still not continue to bear the burden they ought not to bear again. So the elders who learn to transfer the batting as at when due will not bear unnecessary burden. But those who will hold on to the batting and not transfer it as at when it is appropriate, they will bear unnecessary burden at old age that may break them down. And they may not be able to leave a legacy of continuity. Of course, uh, when we look at leadership batting transfer, Shift of leadership from the older generation to younger generation. That's what I mean by transgenerational leadership shift. When we look at it and we examine it, you will see that in our society, we can rightly and lamentably notice the condemnable sit-tight syndrome in some older generation of leaders. They combat the ground and they are not ready to yield ground for successors. So lamentably, we see that in our society, more particularly in the African society, we have, we have whole generation leaders that are infected with infected with what I call seat tight syndrome. But. Still and however, this problem of absence of smooth and progressive transition from the older generation to the younger generation, in the area of transgenerational leadership succession, we cannot blame everything on the older generation. This problem can also be partly blamed on the unwillingness of the younger generation to wake up early to accepting leadership responsibilities. Rather than accept responsibility, the younger generation are more attracted to frivolities. And the better you wake up early, okay, the more useful you will be to lead in your generation. Are we together? But very unfortunately, many of the younger generation are more attracted to frivolities than accepting the reality of the fact that they are supposed to lead their generation. So, are you a young person Give it to frivolity or you are willing to prepare yourself for the responsibility that you cannot escape. Here are some of the reasons why it is so. Because if you want to wake up a person, okay, it's either that you tap the person or you make some unusual noise. So this morning is either I am tapping you to wake up or I am making an unusual noise that will distract you from frivolity and refocus your responsibility. Tell somebody, pastor want to distract you this morning from wrong focus so that you can face the right focus. Pastor wants to distract you this morning from giving attention to frivolity to accepting responsibilities. And do I have young men in the house who will soon become fathers? Do you have young women in the house who will soon become mothers? Please wake up. Tell your partner, please wake up. So here are some of the reasons many of you are overtly used to and you are comfortable to being led such that you are not aware of the imminent transgenerational leadership shift that has occurred or the one that is to occur. Hello? In your this one lifetime, for some of you, a shift has occurred and you were not aware and so your equals have left you behind. Under this voice, may you receive grace to catch up. I'm still awaiting that some young men will join us very soon, and they need to hear this. And I want to believe every one of you that are here, you are here with your mind. If you still keep your mind at home. Please bring it back. In case you kept your mind at home, please bring it back. Let it be with me in church. Many of you, you are overtly used to, and you are comfortable to being laid, so that you are not aware that imminent transgenerational leadership shift has occurred and many more is still to occur i pray you wake up to it early in the name of jesus for that singular reason many potential leaders are living in oblivion of when it was their turn to take charge of the responsibility i said for the singular reason of not waking up early to the fact that transgenerational leadership shift is imminent many younger generation many potential leaders are living in oblivion of when it was their turn or it is their turn to take charge of responsibilities that either do have been handled by the outgoing older generation. The older generation can't be here forever. Even seller. okay? Eventually, they have to vacate. Are we together? And this do happen to, more often, to children of the overprotective parents. By this, I mean children who are not taught to know that their parents will not always be there. So, such children tend to slack in facing the realities of life because there is a father who always undertake for them. There is a mother who always cover for them for both the necessary and the unnecessary. We call it love, but it's an abuse of love. Hello? We call it love, but it's what? Abuse of love. Some of our children are not even raised to know that life is full of challenging prayers. All they know and they are being made to enjoy his player. Hello. They know player. Prayer is strange to them. However, life is full of challenging players. I mean, pressures. You, as prayer, you know the manners of prayer you are going through. The prayer of how to pay their school, the prayer of how to feed them, the prayer of how to pay this bill and pay that bill and pay the other bill, and so on and so forth. Many of this younger generation are not even aware that there's always a season of transgenerational leadership shift. At that point of transgenerational leadership shift, it can happen in the family, but many are not prepared for it. It can happen in the church. And it's happening in our society. It's a reality. However, pathetically, majority of those who should transcease into the next level leaders, they move on with the status quo as they are their toddlers to be catered for. At every juncture of leadership transition or transgenerational shifts, those that will occupy the leadership class are expected to be the one who will be bearing the body of the outgoing generation on one shoulder. And they will also be bearing the body of the upcoming generation on the other shoulder. And that's why Lamentation emphasizes that it is good that the youth, okay, that a man should bear the yoke in his youth. But how many of those who have already... (laughs) Transisted into that class, are aware that they have come to that stage of responsibility. Years back, it it was not difficult for people to quickly come to that consciousness. But very unfortunate today, okay, youth are getting too late to come into that consciousness. Many of them are still sleeping on the idle bed of indifference. They are still hanging on others like parasites. They are still hanging on others like parasites, hanging on parents, hanging on uncle, with entitlement, mentality, and expectations wrongly place where help can never come. So, when Jacob, together with his family, enter the land of Egypt, that king asked the big brother of Joseph, What is your occupation? If you read that entire story carefully, you will notice that before that family arrived in Egypt, it's clearly observable that those. Big brothers were failing to wake up to some basic responsibility, as a result of which their aged father, who was still occupied with activity he was supposed to have retired from, hello, and that is the story of many younger people today. Their activities, their uncle, are supposed to have retired from the responsibility. Their uncle are supposed to have transferred to them. The uncles are still bearing it. Their aged father is still bearing it, and yet. They behave as if they are entitled to people bearing those kind of burdens for them. By the time Jacob entered that land, the land of Egypt, he was already 130 years old. What brought about their going to Egypt was the famine that was in the land. There was no food all over the world. To my surprise, this able-bodied man, when there was famine, lifted no finger to find a solution to it until their father sought for the solution. So, as everybody may, when there was famine, finding the solution was supposed to be their responsibility, not the responsibility of a 130 years old man. Very unfortunately and pathetically, it was still Jacob, that aged father of 130 years, that sought out the solution. Let's go to Genesis chapter 42 and read the first two verses. Now, when Jacob saw that there was corn in Egypt who saw that there was corn in Egypt? where was Reuben? where was Simeon? where was Judah? Jacob said unto his sons why do you look one upon another? all they could do was to be looking upon one another perhaps they are even blaming themselves it is Reuben that's supposed to do it it is Simeon that's supposed to do it they were looking upon one Another Until their father saw that there was corn in Egypt and had to beckon on them and said unto them, Why are you busy looking upon yourself? So at that advanced age, Jacob was still the one seeing for the younger persons. Hello. Have you started seeing visions for yourself? Jacob was still the cosmopolitan mind that had the most recent, the most current information that there was food in uh, Egypt. He was sitting down inside his house. He can no longer go around like these younger persons who are going around. And with all their going around, they were still cut off from reality. Because they are are preoccupied with frivolities. Are we together? Don't you see what I'm saying? Now, when Jacob saw that there was corn in Egypt. So, the elderly was still the one that had the cosmopolitan mind to relate, to interact. To annex information, to adverse information. Information that are relevant to serious issues of their, of their survivor. Listen to me. A generation where young men are not seeing vision with perish in penury. That was the way they would have perished. So what they were making their father to do was what the father was supposed to have retired from. You enter some churches, okay? What you expect the younger people should take over, you still see gray-headed, okay? big uncles that have challenges and pressure Still adding that up to their pressure. Those basic responsibilities that younger people should should be occupied with. May the Lord wake you up to your responsibilities. In the name of Jesus. In the family setting in the home. It is still the mother that will take notice that this one, this one has to be fixed. The other one has to be fixed. And the mother will still be doing that after she has gone to work and returned from work. Whereas these younger persons have been in the home from from morning till night. pressing forth full. So a generation where young men are not seen visions will perish in what? In penury. Verse 2. And he said, that is Jacob. Behold, I have heard that there is corn in Egypt. Get you down either and buy for us from thence that we may live and not what? Die. To me, that shouldn't be his responsibility. So Jacob was still the one with the sharp ear in here. As at the age when his companions are probably suffering from fading vision and loss of hearing, Always have said with old age. Baba, hello, Situngbo. Hello. Tori Pebita and Woma, Waibiyari, It's not a place where they can sit down and reflect and meditate. So they can hear. If you assess it today, today's youth spend the most buying data. But they are the least informed about global economic issues. Hello. 200 naira data. Five hundred data that the father buy, that the mother buy, she will put it to a better, resourceful use that can help the family, that can help the children, that can help the society. Five thousand data that they buy is not producing any results. Right inside the house, the father was seen. He had a cosmopolitan mind to invest information, write information that will save their generation from death. Is our generation not dying? So you are left to wonder what is the good use of their long staying online. You stay longest online. The longest time you spend it online. So we are left to wonder what is the good use of your long stay online? Now, on the contrary, this was as at the time their younger brother was already adding value to the palace in Egypt and the big brothers. Okay, they were there. Everybody, elder brother, who were already fathers. They were helplessly looking one upon another, watching their heirate father, their wives and their children being whipped by hunger. Now, what happened in their day that there was famine? It was not the first time. It happened in the day of father Abraham. The record we had in Genesis 26 about the day of Isaac was that uh, there was another farmer okay, beside the one that happened in the day of their father Abraham, their grandfather Abraham. When that of the day of Isaac occurred, Isaac was still a youth like them. And what did he do? He invented irrigation. He opened up wells. And he survived without going to Egypt. Hello? Yes, it is part of the divine plan of God that they will go to Egypt. Are we together? But when we look at it from another perspective, it may not be necessary for them to go to Egypt if they have taken after the pattern of Isaac to open up wells. Isaac, when I studied him in Genesis 26, I discovered that he understood this principle of transgenerational leadership sift properly. He opened up the wells dug by his own father so you lead you to those verses in the scripture, the words that were dug by his own father Abraham, that w- were already closed. Isaac did what, he opened it up. Now, if Jacob were not at an advanced age, when it happened, by the kind of a man that he was in terms of diligence and good use of brain and mind, he would have done the same. I recollect when he, when he left home to stay with his uncle. The Bible told us that the cattle rearers, the, the men they were always gathered by the well and they will be waiting one upon another until when all of them have come around and then they will jointly now remove the stone that was used to cover the well. But when Jacob came and saw Rachel bringing the animal, the Bible recorded that he went there by himself alone. The stone that several men will gather to lift, he alone did what? He lifted it. So that tradition of opening well was in that family. So when there was this farmer, I expect to also read that, Daddy, you are already of age. You don't have that strength to do what you have always done before. Please lead us to the wells of your fathers. And then we'll open it. So Isaac, the way he handled the matter in his own day, was to open up the wells. Dog by his own father, which was already blocked at that time. He didn't stop at that. He also dug new ones. And what did he achieve by that? He was able to preserve legacy. Not only that, he improved on the legacy he met on Grant. Why? Because he has a perfect understanding of the principle of transgenerational leadership safety. What do we do today? We only complain about the leaders that are not good. Where we are not preparing ourselves to be the better leaders. Am I talking to somebody? Genesis 26, let's read from, from verse 1. And there was a farmer in the land. Before beside the first farmer that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went unto Abimelech, king of the Philistine, unto Gerah. And the Lord appeared unto him and said, Go not down into Egypt. Dwell in the land which I shall tell thee of. And he did that. Then let's jump to verse 15. For all the wells which his father's servant had dig in the days of Abraham his father. The Philistine had stopped them and filled them with half. And Isaac digged again the wells of water, which they had dig in the days of Abraham his father. For the Philistine had stopped them after the death of Abraham. That's verse 18. And he called their name after the name by which his father had Told them, he preserved the legacy of, the, of his father. Are we so sure that if generational shift occur, you will not bastardize the legacy that others have built before you come on stage? So he preserved the old world, he added new ones, and the new one he added was an improvement on the old one. Let's look at verse 19. He he did a study, he analyzed it. Okay. So when he will dig another one, he dug the one that cannot be stopped. The one that his father dug, okay? Men were able to stop them. But when he would dig a new one, in addition to the old one that he opened up, he made sure that it was superior. I pray that you will do better than us. I pray that you do better than your grandfathers. I pray that you go further than your grandfathers. I pray that God will give you wings to soar higher in the name of Jesus. Verse 19. And Isaac's servant dig in the valley. And found there a well of springing water. So a spring is one that uh, if you stop it, you are just wasting your time. It will flow naturally by itself. I saw you another example that shows that these men were not prepared for generational leadership shifts. They went to Egypt by the initiatives of their father. Then the food they brought got exhausted. Then (laughs) they returned back. So, what they were used to doing, looking one upon another, helplessly, not raising a finger. They return to the same thing. Genesis 43. And the famine was sore in the land. That's verse 1. Verse 2. And it came to pass, when they had eaten up the corn, which they had brought out of Egypt, their father said unto them, Hello? <laughs> Go again! Now, we, are not, we are not talking about teenagers here. We are not talking about young adults here. We are talking about elderly people now if Joseph was 30 in Egypt imagine what the age of uh, Reuben will be because before before Joseph there were 10 brothers certainly it's it's very possible there's going to be a minimum of 10 to 15 years in between so when the first food they went to buy on the prompting of their father finished the first food, it was not their initiative, they went on the prompting of their father. The father was supposed to have retired from such responsibility. So, the next, second initiative to go back for more food was still their father's initiative. So, as I read that scripture, I asked myself, when will this guy accept responsibility for their own posterity? When will this guy realize okay, that they are not just youngsters? They too not have responsibility over their wives and have responsibility over their children. I see fathers in this generation who are not too far away from me that what I should be teaching their children is what I'm still teaching them. The concern I have for their children is what I still have for them. And I should not have concern for any of them. If those fathers have accepted my teaching, I will be confident that they will have been able to train up their own children and transfer it to them. But they lack the understanding of transgenerational leadership safety. They are waking up too late to the consciousness of the fact that they should by now on one soldier carry the body of the outgoing generation and on the other soldier carry the body of the oncoming generation. You see, you are a useless man when you belong to that category and you are not aware. You are a disappointment to grace and endowment. You are a disappointment to age and growth. When if at that age they they still have to push you, they still have to push you, they still have to push you, Say, go again, buy us a little food. I'll show you the worst of it all. The worst of it all was that, or is that these elderly brothers, including Ruben, the elders, was so irresponsible that none of them could be easily trusted with the care of their youngest motherless brother, Benjamin. You know, they have the youngest brother called uh, Benjamin. It was still Jacob that was still taking care of that young boy. It was still Jacob that was still paying the school fees of that young boy. It was still Jacob that was still concerned about the security of that young boy. Genesis 42, verse 37 and 38. And Reuben spake unto his father, saying, Slay my two sons, if I bring him not to thee. Deliver him into my hand, and I will bring him to thee again. Now, something brought about this discussion. When they went for the grain on the first trip, Joseph realized that these were his brothers. So and he put up a game, okay, to make sure that he reunites with his younger brother, Benjamin. So he now makes sure that one of them was Ed. I think Simeon, was Ed with them in Egypt. That upon your coming back, you must bring Benjamin. So now that they want to go for the food again, they now said to their father, The chief in Egypt said, we should not come back except we come with uh, Benjamin. Reuben, who has never shown sense of responsibility ever in his life, now stood before the, brother, the father and saying, Daddy, trust me on my honor. Give us Benjamin. Benjamin that he has never shown care for. And I will make sure that he is protected. In fact, if I don't bring him back, slay my two sons. So, no. Hello. If I don't bring Benjamin back, Paomo mommy. you I'm talking about transgenerational leadership. So, be Jacob or Marie Benny. Trust me, trust me, trust me, Uncle. Uncle, trust me. If you if you start this a second business for me, I will make sure it doesn't fail. After he has failed in five. Uh, I, I, no, Ah, no, I will not. I, 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 the a change. change. He didn't need all of this if he has always taken that portion of the head, Lewa, and he has been responsible. Look at the answer his responsible father gave him. And Jacob said, My son shall not go with you. For his brother is dead. Because as at that time, you eh, understand that Jacob had about Joseph was that Joseph was dead. And when you know Joseph, Joseph demon. Okay, he played a prank the first one and the father suspected a foul play if you read that story carefully the father suspected a foul play he was an expert when it come to taking care of animal he knew he knew how the blood of animal's spare so he was not he was not convinced but since he could not find his son okay he just have to believe the story now you're asking him to be him benjamin you said eh? my son shall not go with you i can't trust you for his brother is dead and he is left alone if mischief befall him by the way in which you go i know that all you will do is to come and tell me story again eh? you have said we should kill your own son okay certainly the life of your brother cannot be important to you then shall ye bring down my gray here with sorrow to the grave. So they were so useless that their father cannot trust them, eh, even with the life of their brother. Hey, there is more to discuss on this matter. We'll continue from here next week. As God grant us grace in this study. So those two questions, two distinct questions King Fredo posed to Jacob and his children, we're going to use it to learn critical lessons on how to achieve smooth and progressive transgenerational leadership sifts. We have said that it is an evil that you will not know. You will not be sensitive. You will not come to the consciousness that It is an evil that you will not know. That your father that is always there for you will, will one time no longer be there. Your mother, that's always there for you, will no longer be there. And it is not about death. Hello, it's not about what? Yeah. About death. When eventually you will get married, my sister, eh? <laughs> your mother will not follow you to your husband's house. It's going to be you and you You be on your. Let's pause here. Let me get your reactions. And trust God that you will learn the necessary lesson. God bless you in Jesus' name. believe you'll be blessed by the ministry of this message. You will do well to be the doer of all you've heard. For further inquiry and spiritual help contact this number 80 or worship with us at Oasis of Wisdom Bible Church, Adjacent University of Eloran, Teaching Hospital O'Kielce Eloran. God bless you.